Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the big season preview of the Glovers cast. This is the 180-something edition. We are pumped for the start of the 2022-2023 season. Are we not, gentlemen? Here to talk about Yeovil Town's kickoff at Scunthorpe United on Saturday, Mr David Coates. Hi, Ian. And furiously typing away a news story about Max Evans breaking news is uh, BBC's co-commentator who could not be more excited for his first commentary of the season, Mr. Ben Barrett. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between. How are we? Are we good? I feel um, I am capturing the mood of the uh, of the public better than either of you, <laughs> uh, although I admire your uh, your efforts. Well, we've got to do something to get people cheered up now, haven't we? We are recording this shortly before 5pm on Thursday afternoon, so unless anything happens at 5 o'clock, um, this is our actual reaction. Um, yeah, lovely stuff, good news. Yeah. Just all I'd say is just fast forward five minutes and then just listen <laughs> listen to the crack as Ben's heartbreak or Ian heartbreak. Or yeah, what, the, what the listeners can't see is the, uh, the box of tissues here that <laughs> were significantly more full. Uh, yeah. 
I've just got an embargo email from Sam about Tom Knowles. Oh. Apparently, he's got, a, a, I assume it's a new contract. I'll have a look once we finish chatting. Yeah, another new contract. Another yeah. one. I, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. When we finish this podcast, I'll, uh, I'll have a look and we'll write something, I'm sure. Can't, okay. can't be bad. Right. We've skirted around this now. Uh, in the room. <laughs> that what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so he's gone. Um, <laughs> he's gone. The man, I, the man I told everyone not to fall he in love us. with. He told us. You did. You said it, but then you you failed yourself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, has uh, made a move, an undisclosed fee. Is there any hours? <laughs> Forty-eight hours before the start of the season, he's made a step up to uh, League Two Walsall. Um, obviously, we're gutted um, to say the least. Uh, what do we think about it? Good move for Tom. Um, step up, EFL club, but. You know, a lot of our pre-season, you know, Tom Knowles has been a lot of the goodness in the last two years. And certainly pre-season, he'd been moved into the middle and was, you know, at the heart of a lot of you know, limited attacking stuff we've done. Tom Knowles was there. He scored the goal against Exeter. Uh, how do we feel? Do you want my honest answer? Uh, why would I want anything other than your honest answer, Ben? Because if you want my positive, cheerful bottling it all up answer i'll give you that if you want <laughs> oh, if you'd, if you'd is that what answer. is that what you do every time occasionally yes <laughs> dave, are you, honest, dave, are you, dave are you editing my my article as we as we're chatting here oh no you're not you're doing, i'm not uh, editing anything oh, man. i've got david see david coach is editing uh, sorry my honest answer is i'm avoid, i'm avoiding it again aren't i genuinely the news of tom Knowles departing 48 hours before the season feels like an absolute sucker punch to me I've gone from really looking forward to the start of the season to a real deflation is what I would say. That's what I would go with. A real deflation about how um, about how the start of the season is going to go. It is now a massive, massive 48 hours for a lot of people associated with the Oval Town Football Club. And I'm sure we'll talk about those people um, in, in whatever order we get to. But yeah, pretty... Pretty big forty-eight hours on the on the uh, on the way. I mean, I think the timing couldn't be worse, could it? I've had a couple of people message me tonight say that's my season ticket renewal decision sorted. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you haven't renewed your season ticket already, then you, you're not going to have it in time for the start of the season, are you? Um, but um, but yeah, the timing and the timing to me suggests that this well we can we can safely assume that Chris Hargreaves didn't want to let Tom Knowles go um and that suggests to me that this is a decision that Tom Knowles has made and like you say you can't blame him he de- he thoroughly deserves to be a football league player he he, he was too good for this div- this division he's been a fantastic he's been an excellent player in an average team uh in the in the 18 months or two two seasons however long it is he's been here um He's not uh, Gavin Williams. He's not Michael McIndoe. He's not one of those kind of players that you just think he's so far above the level that he's playing at. But in this team, which is a, a pretty middle of the road Yeovil team, in the certainly the the time I've been supporting him, he has been a creative spark. He's been he's been fantastic. Um, and as I know, we'll come on to. The biggest disappointment is that you just cannot see that that, that, that Chris Hargreaves is going to get however much. I mean, I, I, 
I don't if you were listing the world's most richest football teams, I don't think Walsall would be uh troubling <laughs> troubling the top uh, 150, I wouldn't think. So um uh, so yeah, I, I I think we can assume that an undisclosed fee plus future add-ons suggests that um uh, it's it's not massive. Um <laughs> let's just hope it does well, eh? Yeah, let's hope it does well. Let's hope Wolves will do well. I'll be I'll be cheering them on because blimey, yeah, we could do with some of them future add-ons. It's um I think it's it's just such a blow because I think he's been such a big part of the plans and for us to let him go now I, d- I don't think Tom Knowles is the type of player to agitate for a move he doesn't strike me as that type of player and if you know our intentions our goals are to get out of this league that is our number one priority is getting back to the football league surely you say get us to the end of the season get us to January we'll let you go you know but to do it this close to the start of the season when, you know, for all we know, and I don't think this, for all we know, we could be a, a playoff team. <laughs> we, I don't think we are. But, you know, with Tom Knowles in that team, you know, maybe maybe we're one of the surprise packages. But for it to happen like this, uh, it's, I mean, how deflated that squad, Chris Hargreaves, Chris Todd, Marcus Stewart, Miss Phil, I mean, you know, maybe Marcus Stewart's done a hell of a job in his role as player development and has, <laughs> or head of, the, yeah, head of player development and has got a move for the man. But, oh, it's just, you know, and obviously I'm heavily biased, you know, Tom and I was just the man, but uh, <sighs> this is not how we thought our pre-season preview would go, was it? It's not It's not how I thought it would start, but that way, no. Um like I say, uh, it's a big 48 hours now because Chris Hargreaves has been left with a squad of players who would have just seen their star, their big name, leave. He will be leaning on those experienced players now, of which we don't have masses. We have probably three or four key experienced players. Staunton, Fisher, Record, uh, maybe Grant Smith in goal. He'll be leaning on his coaches to make sure we are ready for Scunthorpe United. Um with that we're pumped and we know that we've got to get off to a good start. <laughs> we didn't necessarily think that his first big challenge would come 40 hours before the season starts, but it has. And uh, yeah, Hargreaves, Todd, Stuart, Osborne, they've got to get themselves ready, the squad ready. There's changes in the goalkeeper department. We know that now. Max Evans is, has departed on loan. That's breaking news in the last half hour or so, which probably suggests this Will Bue's rumour might well be more significant. So that's change in that department. Um, we've now got change in the other key department, that is the attacking department. Massive, massive 48 hours for those people to get us ready for a game that we could really do with hitting the ground well with. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but there's no way that we're going to be able to get another Tom Knowles in, is there? Before, not, not you know, when we signed Tom Knowles, he wasn't the Tom Knowles he is now. It's taken, you know... It took a few months, you know, he didn't do it in his first six months, did he? It was sort of, he, he built on it. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, to replace that, to me, feels like a feat of impossibility. So, there you go. <laughs> I was, I know I'd still, I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, but absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, 
Right, season preview. Yes. Shall we do our champions, playoff winners, and bottom three? Yeah, I think there's probably a case for a couple of dark horse conversations in there as well, because I think there's a lot of teams that will be thinking about the uh, playoffs. Okay. All right. So, Dave, champions? Wrexham. Ben? Wrexham by a country mile. Ian? Wrexham. Um, playoffs? Playoff winners? Ben? Solly Holmores. Dave? Solly Holmores. Ian? Solly Holmores. This is all very easy, isn't it? <laughs> bit boring. It's very yeah, easy. Yeah, a bit, bit. Dark horses then, Ben. Do you, you want to... Talk about York. Go for it. Yeah, I do want to talk about York. I think they've signed well. I really do. Um, uh, yeah, I think they've they've adapted well. Obviously, a lot of change for them coming up. I think, yeah, lots of good things. I think the addition of Scott Bowden for them is going to be a big one. Um, so I think York are going to go close. South End are going to have a better season than they did last year as well. So we'll chuck them in as a bit of a darker horse even still. But those are the two sides <laughs> that I'm looking at. It's slightly outsiderish thoughts that I think can get involved. What colour is even sh- darker horse? <laughs> different shades of horses. Is <laughs> <laughs> the further down the playoffs you go, the darker the horse is. <laughs> Less 50 shades of grey, more 50 shades of nay. Oh, God. Uh... Well, there's your title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, do you have any dark horses? I, I mean, I don't really. I mean, I'd, I'd put I'd put South End as um, uh, probably being up there in that uh, in, in in that pub. I wouldn't particularly say they're a dark horse. They they obviously finished well. But yeah, and then then the others are probably the ones you'd expect: Dagenham, Notts County, Bournemouth, probably Halifax around there somewhere as well. Um, I think. Uh, as, as much as it pains me to say, I think Woking will do a lot better than than they uh, than they did than they did last season. But yeah, I, I don't think there'll be too many surprises. Um, I've seen the Oldham. Have you seen the new Oldham chairman? It's like um, uh, this. It's like just like the the most stereotypical Northerner. If you had to draw a Northerner, it would be this guy um, in a flat cap. Um, Where's Dorking? Where's Dorking? Exactly, yeah. So I am thoroughly looking forward to Dorking coming and giving them a good hiding on the first game of the season and then just, uh, yeah, panning to this miserable-looking man in a flat cap. But <laughs> I am... Um, this is based on nothing, but I've put... I've got Bromley in the playoffs because they won the trophy last year, didn't they? And might be a bit of a springboard for them, but I've got no idea what business Bromley have done over the summer, so they may not even have Michael Cheek anymore for all I know. Um, yeah, uh, and going down. Um, I've got I've got Gateshead finishing bottom. Um, I've got my hometown team, older shot down there as well. And how do you say it? Dorking, dorking. <laughs> Who are dorking? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, East I could see struggling. Maidenhead have lost that lad Kelly to. Um, uh, Solly Holland, they just Kelly. Who, the lad who, Kelly. The lad Kelly. Um, yeah. So I'd say I'd say them, but I think Gateshead have lost their well, basically the players that scored all their goals last season when they went up. Um, I don't think they've really done a great deal to replace them. So I think they probably be my favourites to finish bottom. Ben, uh, I've got I've got um, our Darkin going down, but I think I've got them uh, finishing sort of fourth bottom. Uh, Gateshead go, I think you're absolutely right. Losing those two strikers to Notts County is a massive loss for them. And then I've got the two maids, Maidenhead and Maidstone both dropping out as well. 
Yeah, uh, Gateshead, Maidstone, and Dorking. And where do we reckon Yeovil are going to finish slap bang in the middle of the table? Now we should or say lower. <laughs> we we should say that we I, I wrote mine prior to the uh, to the news at five pm this Thursday, and I had us finishing. Hang on, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Exactly tenth, just under Southend, just above Torquay United. I had it eleventh, below Woking, and above Bromley. See, I did mine and then I, you know, I'm looking at it now thinking, what was I thinking when I did it? I don't even know when I did it. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got us just outside the playoffs. Like Sesame Street, isn't it? Yeah. You can't. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I yeah, I know I don't think we'll finish just outside the playoffs based on the news that's happened, but who knows? We might go and beat Scunthorpe 5-0. Be nice. Alex Fisher yeah. might score a hat-trick and set up two. And Marcus Stewart will be like, yes, you are me now. And that'll be us. The season will be off to a flyer. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about before we do our chat with our special guest this evening? Um, is it Tom Knowles? <laughs> we, need to, we should try and do an exit interview, shouldn't we? Yeah, a, a glove has passed. Um, <laughs> what about what about players? We should we should mention uh, uh, players that we're looking forward to seeing. I think uh, I think I'm excited for. We've mentioned Solihull are going to do well. I think the the Reed Dallas partnership up front for them is going to be about as good as the league has to offer. Oh, you want to talk about other teams' players? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a season preview, not a Yeovil preview. The season. Oh, I thought it was a Yeovil Town themed season preview. Well, it is, um, but we can talk about other teams as well. I don't know about any other teams. Am I not the they... only one? Am I the only one that's done any research here? I'm quite looking forward to seeing. I mentioned him just then. That Josh Kelly, who played for Maidenhead last season, uh, he looked a very good player for them. And um, yeah, I think in a in a good side with a good manager at Solio and New Ardby, I think he could be uh, an exciting player to watch. I'd like to see Shamanga again see what he can do a second time around. Um, and then obviously, you know, Wrexham have got some some good players. Elliot Lee's supposed to be uh, a decent player. His dad was a decent player, wasn't he? Rob Lee. Is he Rob Lee's son? Yeah, I think yeah, son, yeah. he is, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who I... I like the look of Dan Moss at right back for Woking. Um, Couldn't help myself, could you? Couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Could not help myself. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't really. Yeah, I don't know really. Uh, no, it's it's going to be insane to see what Wrexham do. I would love for another capitulation after what they've done you've, again. But you've, just... you've already upset Woken. Uh, Woken, they've broken on the brain. Wrexham fans enough. Do you not think you've you've said enough already? But I think they have. I mean, I think they've probably got the same anxiety, other than the ones oh. who've co- contributed to our. Um, season preview article today that Ben's pulled together, all the others are bricking it because there is so much pressure on them to to win the league and rightly so because they've just spent stupid money on League One players. (laughs) They will be the, you know, they are the team that are buying the league. The difference difference for me, I I constantly backed against Wrexham going up last year. I was convinced they weren't going to go up 
probably said it on the podcast, I was convinced that they would not go up. The only way they're going to go up is to win the league because they don't have big match moments. They don't have a team that's been together for long enough. The one of the, you know, those moments where you look around and you're in the trenches and you use all those stupid war analogies, but you look around and you've had your mates that you've been with, with for a couple of years. Uh, you know, didn't have that because they just throwed all these stupid amounts of dollars at the team and, and put this squad together. That's why they bottled the, the uh, uh, trophy final. It's why they bottled the playoffs because they didn't have those moments in them. They're now a year better in and they're three league one players better off on top of all of that. I mean, they've let, they've let Jake Hyde just go <laughs> to South End. Like if you're in a, if you're in a position where you can just say, don't worry, Jake Hyde, you crack on mate, you disappear off somewhere. You've probably got a good squad. So um, yeah, I, I, I think they've, they've obviously a year more, a year more experienced a year further in. I think they'll win it. And I think they'll probably touch hundred points. Oof. And Ben, which, other than Josh Staunton, which Yeovil Town players are you most excited to watch this season? So, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. I am looking forward to seeing... It's it's a low bar, but Fisher and Linton have got to be better than what we've had before. Over Fisher and Linton sounds like such like a little brand. <laughs> <laughs> brand of what, you think? Sardines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, get us a tin of Fisher and Linton, will you? <laughs> mint. I'm feeling mint. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope they can strike a partnership together. We're going to need double-figure goals from them both, probably. Um, so, double well, figures from two players, Ben. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, those th- those two for me, and seeing how that relationship develops, especially early on, because, you know, we've lost a, a key part of our attacking unit. They've got to step up. Oh, I'd forgotten about it until you said that. Oh, sorry. Um, Dave, who are you excited for? I think I think Linton is the for the the player for me that could do something. I, I'm I'm not convinced that he will, um, but he's the kind of player that say he's an upgrade on my mate Ruben, who obviously did a good job against us the, the other weekend. <laughs> so I'm glad everyone was right about being really worried about playing against him. Um, but uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Linton feels like he's got it. He's got that physicality. He obviously, you know, you see what he did at um, at Kings Lynn. He, he knows where the goal is to put a cliche in. Um, it feels like he could be someone, or he could be awful. <laughs> I think <laughs> he's it's the wild be card, the isn't he? He's the yeah. wild card, and I, I think, think you look at his numbers. Average. You look uh, at his numbers for Kings Lynn, and you think that's decent numbers for a team that you know weren't very good, particularly. So. Yeah, I'm. You know, I think, I think he's got something about him that will, um, you know, hopefully we can get behind. Um, he's a different kind of striker than we've probably had as of late. Um, he's certainly, you know, like, you know, certainly upgrade on what we had last season. Um, I think he's up there on the list of players to be excited about. And um, yeah, I think, I think Sam Perry with all the chat we've had from like Warsaw supporters about how good he can be I think he's another one that we're really going to need to do something um, sick of hearing from Walsall supporters today <laughs> I've, I've, I've literally got, I've got one in my DMs now yeah bugger off we're not interested we don't want to we don't want to it's too soon leave us alone you have Perry he's one of our good players and he's been sent to you on loan mate I know I'm fully oh, aware Thank I'm so, you. I'm yeah. so, I'm so glad I don't have influencer levels of followers. 
so I don't get any of these messages from people asking me depressing questions about it's t- it's their new players. It's tough being um, a local celebrity, really. Yeah. <laughs> I had one telling me how, where he was going to play. I'm like, I don't care where he's going to play. Just, yeah, bugger off. <laughs> Just write the check and shut up. Um, and then the other player I'm excited for is Morgan Williams. <laughs> Although. He's, he's great. He's, we, he is now the rate, he is the Glovies champion, and rightly so now. Yeah. Um, I am concerned about one thing about Morgan Williams, though. His number. His squad number. Now, we were hoping they were going to be confirmed today, but I think something has kept Sam busy for the course of the day. So, unfortunately, no squad numbers have yet been confirmed. But... I mean, Ben's the only one who really needs to know this information. I'm the only one who, the only one who cares, yeah. let's be honest. Um, but he's not wearing number two. I don't... I'm not... Let's. Can we not? If we play a back four, I think he's our first choice right back. What over Jory Johnson? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm happy with it. Have you seen Jory Johnson play? No. No. I think. <laughs> Read between think, the lines, Ben. <laughs> I think with the uh, with the news that Max Evans is going out on loan, I'd be more than happy for Morgan Williams to take twelve. Oh, I thought you were going to say more... number one then. <laughs> <laughs> he can take twelve and be a versatile defender at all points because we're going to need that. Is 12 not an attacker's number? No. Thierry Henry used to wear number 12. And that's wrong. So That's um, not wrong. In the, well, it is. Um, it was is wrong it? at the time. No, he did, oh. but it's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, I, I'm not sure we've got anyone worthy of the 10 yet. Linton's 14, and anyone who tells me Linton isn't a 14 is wrong. Um, so Fisher 9, Linton 14, Olivier Ulbert won't be wearing number 10. He'll be wearing... Oh! High- <laughs> 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 Stop talking about numbers. I think, yeah, I think Ben's Ben's been itching to have this conversation. Obviously, his wife doesn't want anything to do with it. His son probably doesn't want anything to do with it. Either. I've got notes on my phone of me <laughs> trying to work out what the different squad numbers are going to be. And that's what I'll savvy. Okay, should we um, go to our guest now? Yes. Oh yeah, because it, it's yeah. quite a good guest. To be fair, it is a good guest. It's not the most cheerful of starts to the conversation, but uh, we've spent a bit of time chatting too. Former Oval Town player and BT Sports co-commentator, Miss <laughs> Mr. Adam Virgo. So joining us on the Glovers Cast now is former Yeovil Town defender, Mr. Adam Virgo. Adam, welcome to the Glovers Cast. Thank you for joining us on our, our big season preview. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. We, so we've been talking about the uh, the disappointing news that's come out of Hewish Park today. Um, let's let's start with that. It, it's a massive loss for us, um, especially sort of forty eight hours before the season starts. You, you were pretty vocal on on Twitter this evening about the situation. What are your thoughts? And and you know what what can the Oval Town fans do? Yeah, I mean, you know, the squad already at the moment is is down to the bare minimum in terms of strength and depth and looking at maybe a plan A and then a plan B that you can rotate players around into different positions. Um, and, you know, I've been quite vocal about this for, for many a season, you know, even many, many years ago from the championship all the way down to the national league, that there just seems to be a lack of identity of investing in the squad and just having a, a plan and it, it, to, to lose your key players. So, 
whatever club you're at, you're going to have two or three key players that are going to be vitally important to the success of your season. So Wrexham, for instance, will have the likes of Mullin. Even though they've got a squad of players, there'll be two or three players that they will have to be reliant on. And 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 Yeovilun are in no a no different situation. And it, 48 hours before, big game at the start of the season. Um, it's really disappointing news. Forget about my relationship with Chris Hargreaves in terms of how well I know him, just generally for the club to lose key players. Um, and it's how you replace them. And that that is the biggest worry about this uh, significant transfer this evening. Have you ever been in a situation in, in a dressing room where a player's left this close to the start of the season or, or you know, in that environment? And, you know, how do the players react to that? And how, you know, what it's can they do difficult. to lift it? It's difficult. It depends what club you're at, to be honest. Because sometimes you'll be at a club where players move on and you you can invest that money to bring in, say, another two players. So if a player leaves and you think, actually, OK, it's significant that he's gone, but we can invest two or three players to come into the team, that's understandable. But the way that I've, I've said that the, the signings have gone, you can't see that significant amount of money to go in and bring in two or three players. And you can clearly see the way... Chris has gone about things already this season. The signings, you can kind of see what he's got to play with. And it's not, they're not, I wouldn't say they're signings that are going to keep you on the edge of your seat. They're the signings that are out there that he can only get at the moment. And um, it, it, it is slightly worrying when you lose, especially creative players, because the way that you think about teams in the final third, you, you need that bit of quality. And, you know, he's a good player and he's been excellent the last couple of seasons. And I'm a massive fan of his and I know that the way that Chris has wanted to do things, I know that he's built the team around Tom. And, and that's to lose that right now. You, you then just scrap it everything up to then try and sort something out for, for Saturday, which, um, which, which is going to be even tougher now. You said that you, you, you obviously know Chris quite well. How, how does he react to these sort of things? We knew that there would be a test at some point. We weren't maybe imagining it would arrive two days before the season starts. How will he react? Who will he be leaning on now? Will it be Chris Todd? Will it be Marcus Stewart? Will it be more the, the senior members of the team, Staunton, Record, whoever it may be? How is he going to get through the next 24, 48 hours? Uh, listen, it's, it's going to be difficult for him. There, there's absolutely no doubt about it. But the way that I know Chris is that he's a very, very good man manager and you know, when he was at Torquay, he probably had to deal with ups and downs with the way that the club was run. So I think in terms of the element of surprise, you know, he will have players like Tom that, that could go. He knows that, you know, good players get recognised. But when you're trying to set something up to start the season with and then all of a sudden he's then all of a sudden gone, then it makes it very, very difficult. But, you know, Marcus Stewart has got bags and bags of experience. You, you have to lean on players like that. You know, the likes of Staunton, you, you need to look at your leaders within the team. And, and sometimes, just sometimes, this can actually galvanise the squad to say, do you know what? We've got our backs against the walls now. We've got a new manager that's come in. You know, pre-season seems to have been fairly decent. You know, I always think pre-season can be very up and down. You can win. I've, I've won all my games and lost the first game of the season. I've done the opposite and, and won the first game. So as long as the players are looking sharp and you think actually there's, there's something you can build on... Um, but listen, Chris will be disappointed. You know, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. But what he'll have to do is use all of his experience and his know-how and to try and go out there and find a replacement as quickly as possible. Flip that on its head. Is this the best news that Keith Hill could have heard today from, uh, from the Scunthorpe end? 
Yeah, most definitely, because I'm pretty sure that he would have been targeting Tom and, and trying to play a way to, to stop him getting into these positions and, and finding the back of the net or, or finding key areas. Um, so, listen, Keith Hill will be swapping tea for champagne tonight, I think, because he'll be absolutely delighted that, you know, one of Yeovil's best players... And it's a deserved move, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, I don't think anyone can say that Tom hasn't deserved this because he's been very consistent. He's performed well against good teams. And um, I, I've been a big advocate of his for the last couple of seasons. And so it is a deserved move, don't get me wrong. But I just think the timing of it all sends a really worrying message out to the Oval fans to think, here we go again. And I think that's that's the hardest thing, I think, for fans to, to take on. What you're actually saying is we ruined Keith Hill's plans, and this was a pre-planned ploy to uh, to, to ruin his, uh, his his weekend. I'm I'm being hopeful here, aren't I? Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in in all seriousness, though, when you look at the players that Yeovil have got, um, obviously uh, Malachi Linton um, and Alex Fisher, uh, uh, not a huge amount of goals that we've seen out of them in in pre-season. Charlie Wakefield, another player that's obviously that kind of uh, forward-looking um, presence. And Chris has been playing him at right wing-back um, mm-hmm. for most of pre-season. Do you think he's the kind of player that can maybe pick up that role where where, where Tom Knowles uh, vacates? Yeah, I think so. I think it's an area that that, that he can certainly do that to, to bring Charlie a little bit more central to rather than being playing as a wing-back. Um, I think that your concern is the lack of goals at the moment and you know you, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that you know Chris will certainly be looking for, for for strikers that are possibly looking for other moves that you know he may feel that they might not get the moves and they come in so I think he's going to have to be patient and and not bite at the first thing that's going to come his way because he'll get offered players left right and centre I know I know how the business works you know he'll be getting 10-15 calls a day from agents with all kinds of players and some of them you'll think Oh, hold on a minute. That that sounds quite interesting. But then, other players you get, you'd be thinking, pretty inconsistent. Hasn't scored many goals. But what else is out there for me to do? Because you know the, the squad certainly needs strengthening, and it's it's been an issue for years for Yeovil. I've I've said it time and time again. You know, when I one of the reasons why I left was because the the it just took ages to bloody get a contract on the line. I I spoke to Terry probably March, because I think we stayed up fairly early that season. So I remember him saying, you know, we're, we're going to build for next season. And we had like Dean Bowditch and Andy Welsh and Craig Alcott. We had, you know, a fairly decent settled side, Andy Williams, I remember. But the contracts just took ages and ages and ages. And, you know, in the end, you, you end up walking away, really. But it just seems every preseason you go back with five in contract, trialists left, right and centre. Um, and it is, it's just been the same thing, you know, from, from the current owner to, to the old owners. It's just been very, very frustrating. And when you had that momentum, when they're in the championship, you just think, okay, we, we are where we are. Championship was an unbelievable experience, but consolidating League One, at least for, I'm speaking to Gary Johnson after the Man United game, when, you know, you get all that, and still got relegated. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And I remember speaking to Gary about players coming in. He, I, I honestly thought, you know, great cup run, big money coming in, must sign a couple of players didn't happen so it's the same old same old unfortunately it's <sighs> <laughs> not, not, not what I was hoping for that to be fair I was thinking we were going down a completely different route um, I, I, I will just point uh, I'll grab one word you said there you said that Chris might have to be a bit patient Yeovil fans might have to be a bit patient as a result of that and you know there's been a lot of 
sort of outrage and, uh, but dare I suggest, panic this evening at, at time of recording. Um, we might just have to hang around for a couple of couple more weeks whilst clubs in the EFL sort themselves out. I saw actually yeah. today that Bristol Rovers have told six players they're fr- they're free to leave. Well, that's suddenly become very much a, a, a sort of appealing to to clubs like Yeovil just down the road. Yeah, and I think what what Crystal could certainly offer it sounds silly with the size of the squad is guaranteed first team football, which players are certainly looking for that and maybe at a certain part of their career, they might be in the slightly older category that they think actually, you know, a full season, you know, that they'll get game time. And people seem to think that he's just done BT. He's been working for Bristol Rovers for the last three, four years. He's his knowledge of youth players and loan players and, and everything else. And Yeovil, I will say this, have always been excellent in the loan market. They've always, you know, when they're in the championship, when they're in League One and League, they've always signed good luck. If you go back in Wikipedia, loan players at Yeovil, they've, they've always seemed to find cracking players over the years. And, and Chris is going to have to use all of his knowledge and all of his experience to be patient to find these players. Because there'll be players out there now that will be saying, I'm not going to Yeovil. But those, and they'll be thinking, oh, we'll go X, Y, and Z. And also those deals don't come along. And all of a sudden, you're kind of going back to, the original offers that, that are already there. Now, the fans are not stupid. The fans will see this squad going into Saturday that it's it's down to the bare minimum at the moment. So, you, you, you know, you're going to have to give the manager time, but sometimes, you know, the, the time is not always on your side and you kind of want to get a decent start at the season, but the, 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 the fans are going to have to be patient. But unfortunately, the... I don't know, the, the uneasiness of the top ends of the club being run and the, and the players and, and the staff and the fans, it, it's not an easy ride at the moment. And, you know, I, I fully understand the fans' frustration. Um, and I think because Chris has got, Chris is new in, and I think what's happened tonight, I'm not saying he's given him top, but I think the fans will appreciate it. it's going to be a difficult start for him. And you may have to be patient with a couple of results and, and, and see how it goes. It's not something I'm necessarily worried about too much is the fact that Wrexham are turning up the Saturday afterwards. That's a little bit more of a concern. Yeah, but they're the games. You, they're the games that will take care of themselves. Yeah, they're they're the, they're the ones that I, I don't. I, okay, they've got the quality, but I don't. I don't worry about it. They're, if you've got Dorking at home first game of the season and you lose that, then you think, oh, here we go. But you know, players would always be up for the Rex. You know, you may lose two 0 but I guarantee you'll get a performance from the players. Those games always take care of themselves. Whether Wrexham are buying the league and, you know, they're going to, you know, I've never seen a stronger favourites for the start of the season in, in all the time I've been doing National League. But that that game, I promise you now, that the players won't need to be up for that. It's, it's the other games that in and around them that they have to start winning. Talk about Wrexham there. I think, you you know, they are the front runners, aren't they? They're the favourites with the amount of money they've spent. Do, do you think this is the year that they're going to, pull it out the bag obviously they came close they couldn't have come much closer really in that playoff game that crazy playoff game in the last one yeah I mean it was it was a remarkable game of football for for any neutral fan it doesn't matter if you, you support Wrexham or don't support Wrexham you you watch it in amazement and I've seen Adam Summerton he's actually got a, a frame of the the team that played you know and he's got it up on his wall it reminds him of the, the game that it was really I mean I've never seen a team start a season as overwhelming favourites of Wrexham I, I don't care what anyone says that the money that they are spending on on their squads is absolutely ridiculous and I know last season they wanted to spend more um but Ian Harvey I think said to the two owners look just calm down a little bit and and, and see where it goes 
the, the thing I'll always say about Wrexham is when I think about them in the big, big games, they always seem to have that moment where, you know, you look at the trophy final, they lost to Bromley. Um, the Grimsby game, they lost. Game last season against Dagenham, they had to win to get into the playoffs. They lost that. They lost to Eastley in the playoffs. I think they got to 88 points, wasn't it, quite a few years ago? And they lost the first playoff game, I think, to Oxford. Off the top of my head, I might be wrong with the team, but I know they lost that. So they've always... and the North Ferriby game and the trophy final as well. They lost that on penalty. So they've always lost big, big games. Now, whether or not that's become an issue or a mindset within the football club, I don't know. But listen, they do have their moments where, you know, they call it the squeaky bum time, where they just kind of don't, they they fail in the big games. So they'll have a target on their back this season, but I've never, I've never known a team to start as overwhelming favourites. And other than that, <laughs> Obviously, if we just assume that they're going to win, uh, win the league. I mean, who else do you see being up there? Because there's a few decent teams. You look at last season. Obviously, Chesterfield were were, were flying when Chamanga got injured. Um, Solio had a very good season as well. I mean, there's a few other teams in there that will be certainly fancying their chances if Wrexham do start to choke a bit. Yeah, they, listen. I think that I think Soli, I think Solihull were excellent last season. I thought. Neil had him playing in a really, and you know, Hudlin's moved on, which you know, it's, it's a great move for him to, to move to the championship. But they've kept Sabara, they've kept Dallas, they've bought in Kelly, they've bought in Alex Reed up front. There's a real stability about that side. Boys has left the left back, but the majority of that team from there from last season, and Neil's just added nicely to it. It's a bit like the Sutton squad that won the league. And Matt Gray just added two or three new players, and then all of a sudden, nucleus of that squad last season were there again to go again and that's what I always say about Yeovil you just you know if you had the majority of a squad to build then you can build on something but it, it, I, th- I think Solihull are going to be the ones to watch I think Chesterfields I mean I had them as to win the league last season and, and they were flying last year I mean FA Cup third round Shamanga was probably going to go and break all kinds of records uh, James Rowe was nothing could go wrong and then all of a sudden he gets moved on, Shamanga, <laughs> Shamanga gets injured. I think Paul came in and, I don't know, it just didn't... Even, they had a lot of injuries, but I just felt that there was still enough there in that squad to do better than what they did. And the Halifax game in the playoff was probably his best performance as manager. Um, so I think there's going to be a bit of pressure on him to start the season well. I mean, Notts County always going to be fairly strong, um, but I wonder how Luke will adjust to the league. It's a similar mould to what Ian was in terms of the style and how they were, but they've lost key players, you know, Kyle Roberts has moved on, Wooten was always going to move on, Rodriguez is hanging on at the moment. Um, so I, I would say those cluster of teams for me would be the ones chasing Wrexham if, 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 if it does go down to that. What about, um, what about dark horses? Because I think there's, I think there's genuinely 15, 16 teams who know if they can get a run and get a bit of luck and get a couple of referee decisions that they can, Look at seventh place as a genuine target. I know a lot of teams have said that about South End this season. I've I've got a sneaking suspicion York go well. I really, really do. Um, what about for you, Adam? Any dark horses towards the, the yeah, top end? I, I always think when you when you look at promoted teams now, I think they're always fairly consistent. And I think you're, you know John at the helm. He's a, he's an excellent manager, and I think they've got really good momentum with the new ground and everything that's that's surrounding them this season. I think they could be. Fairly consistent this year. Um, I agree with you, Ben. I, th- I think South End are going to be a team. I thought you saw a massive improvement under Kevin uh, last season. Um, 
I think Woking could be a surprise. I think you know you can't say know, that you, you 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 can't say that on this podcast. <laughs> we all know the manager and and the situation with everything else like that. But I think he's been quite shrewd in his signings that he's made. Dagenham always you always say they're gonna, and then they always seem to have moments where you think they're going to do it and then they and then they fall out again. But yeah, I, I would look at Southend. I'd probably look at. York as a surprise, um, and, and I'd probably stick my neck on the line and, and say Woking as well. We've we've listed a lot of teams here, and you've covered more National League football than our own Chris Hargreaves recently. What do you think it takes to get out of the National League? You need luck. You, you, you need luck, and that's you know I've, I've been fortunate enough to win two or three league titles in my playing career. I've been promoted uh, via the playoffs. You, you need that element of luck. Um, I think you need the recruit. That's that's just a small element of it. Don't get me wrong, but the recruitment is absolutely everything. The recruitment is so important that that the players that come in hit the ground running. And and the thing was the National League. Unfortunately, for a lot of the teams, you're you're signing inconsistent players. If you're being blatantly honest, it's no fact of the matter. Whereas Wrexham are signing players from League One, and that's and that's the biggest difference. Where Teams in and around, you know, looking at National League South, looking at National League North, there's good non-league players out there still, but it's the consistency of, of the players that come in that need to do it. You need a real togetherness. And it sounds silly. You need to set, you need to defend set plays, defend set plays well. You, you'll have a much, much better chance of either staying in the league. I mean, look at Wrexham. Why did they lose that playoff game? Set plays. It was the, it was the fact of the matter. The, the playoff theme was set plays. The team that defended the set plays the best ended up going through. And it was just that. And, and, and for me, they're, they're the fundamental areas that I look at to go and be consistent, whether you're going to get into the playoffs, whether you're going to stay up in the division or go up as champions. Th- those elements of recruitment, defending your set plays in the right areas. And y- you need your players to then go on to the next level. And, and, and for me, that's probably the, the teams that I've seen have done that over the years and not necessarily the best teams have won the league. I'm, I'm, I must say that, you know, Sutton were a surprise to go and when they finished 13th the season before, no one really saw Cheltenham win it, but the manager got a togetherness about them. No one really saw Macclesfields going to do it, but the manager got them playing in a certain way. Barnet under Martin Allen. But, right. I, you know, the, the, these clubs, when you look at them at the start of the season, you think, well, they're not going to win the league, but, that for me, sometimes that's the element of the recruitment gets it right that, that the UC League champions. Yeah, look at like Barrow and Harrogate as well yeah, in the Barrow, last couple yeah, of years, Barrow's both of them. One. Yeah. yeah, and listen, I've been there almost 10 years. I've got one right, and that was Leighton Orient. <laughs> so there, there, there you go. <laughs> if you don't tip you over, we can take that as a good thing, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, there's straws all over the place. I'm clutching for every single one of them. Yeah. We've mentioned so many teams. And genuinely, I, I do stick by the idea that maybe 15 or 16 sides will think that they can get promoted if things go their way. It's got to be time for three up, three down, hasn't it? It's such a competitive league with so much quality in it. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I remember looking at the playoffs last season and I looked at the top seven of League Two and I looked at the top seven in the National League. And I looked, I think Tranmere were there and I think I think it was Tranmere were the only side that I looked at and thought, you know, there were... Big, big teams that were, you know, Halifax, Notts County, Chesterfield, um, Stockport, eh? Stockport, uh, Hartlepool, uh, Torquay. 
big big sides you know this is not this is not a league now it's non-league don't get me wrong but you know all the all the all the clubs are professional apart from one or two that are still part-time you see the teams that get promoted we very rarely see them again you know they they tend to go on and on strength to strength um it it's gone past the point now of it not being two up two down because it's so unfair on the teams that you know that try and get promoted and you finish second and, and you end up not going up. It's, it's, it's not right. And, and the thing I never understand is that you can get four promoted from League Two, but only two get relegated. But then four come down from League One, but then three only go up. To the, I, it doesn't make any sense to me that four can get promoted from League Two to League One and they don't sacrifice one of those um, playoff positions to make it three or well, two relegated. I mean, I've even come up with the idea that you have two relegated and if you finish second, you have a playoff game against whoever finishes third from yeah. bottom. They do that in France. I did a French game, Sanity N versus Auxerre. And you think two leg, two legged game. Two, if you if you finish second, you go into you go into the you, you take on that team, or you win the playoffs and you go into that situation. And you take the sixth. So you know you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, they do something like that in Scotland, don't they? Is it yeah, Scotland, Scotland they, yeah. they they do that. I know that in Germany they do that. Mm-hmm. I know they do that in France. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's that I I just can never see it happen. It's, it is really unfair. Now it is so unfair, but unfortunately, the EFL will always protect their 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 brand. We've got hey. a man on the National League board, you see, Adam. So we'll be all right. He'll sort it out. He's you know, <laughs> Scott. He's not he, everything he's ever promised. He's he's, he's lived up to it. <clears throat> yeah. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Um. We were going to ask some really like light-hearted questions about your time watching Yeovil last season, and obviously things have changed pretty dramatic, pretty dramatically today. But I'm still going to ask them anyway. Um, right. When you watched Yeovil last year, obviously we were on telly a couple of times. We beat Halifax early on in the season in a, in, a, in a fiery game. Pete Wilde getting very angry on the sidelines. I seem to remember got sent off. Um, what stood out for you about that Darren Saul side as it was at the time and the players that were involved? What 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 made those players? get results when we needed them again you, you, i talk about the managers that win the league the from speaking to people within the club his man man the, the trust he had in those players was so so important and and you do have to trust your players massively um i thought it was remarkable that he got to you think about it, he got into a playoff in the first seat it's unbelievable and, and you should have won that game against barnet by the way it was yeah. you know what i mean it was just one of those days that you know it just just didn't happen for you um i think it says a lot that a manager of what uh yeovil sees a better future at woking because of the the way that things are going i, I that's that for me and when i saw that i was just like blimey you've got teams like woking now that are taking managers away from yeovil because they can see a, a pathway of taking things forwards and there's an identity about the football club um I think he got everything out of those players. I, I, I honestly do. I think he, he couldn't have done any more. Your top scorer ends up going to Chesterfield and he was still top scorer come April, I think, when he was still at Chesterfield. You know what I mean? It's just like, what, what, what more can he do, really? And unfortunately, you lose key players and you can't bring players in. I think he got to a stage where he's probably just had enough and thought, you know what, I, I, can't, I can't do any more. You know, you've got your hands tied behind your back and you're going to lose key players, but you can't replace them with same or better. Um, but listen, I, I'm I'm always a neutral, and I always will say this. But of course, there'll always be a small element of me wanting Yeovil to do well, and probably sometimes I say too much. That's probably a little bit too honest. 
that upset certain people that you may get a phone call being sued or whatever, but it's just the way that I am because I, I had a really good year down there. And I, I, you know, it was all of my career, the year I had down there was, was the happiest year of my life. I literally, I, I had so much fun down there. I settled really well. I lived in a little village called Tintin Hull, which I still visit. I still see Don Gibson, the dentist, 10 years on. I still go back. I bought a flat in Sherbourne. So I still, you know what I mean? There's all things of that part of the country that I absolutely love. And there'll always be an element of me wanting the club to do well. And, you know, seeing the news tonight and, and things like that, it, it does disappoint me because there's, there's good people at the club and the fans are great as well. The fans are so loyal. They've been through ups and downs, but, you know, they're, 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 they're a great, great bunch. And I've always got a real fond memory of, of, of being, even though I was only there for a year, um, I, I really, really enjoyed my time, really. So I, I, I'll watch Saturday and, I'll, you know, I'll probably give two honest opinions again and, and you know, I'll probably get another phone call Monday. <laughs> I think Chris Hargreaves said in his presser today that he expects you to be kind to us on air uh, with yeah, your no, collections. Yeah, I think he's, yeah. It's only, I'll, I'll probably just mention his hair and his dress attire and... And things like that, really. But, um, he, he was yeah. saying Aaron McLean's the one to watch out for. He's got some dodgy suits and some 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 interesting shoes. He said, "Who the uh, Aaron McLean? On, oh, the one who sits on the fence all the time, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah him. Yeah, yeah, him. Ben's um, our Aaron McLean. There's yeah. nothing wrong with sitting on the fence. There's nothing wrong with sitting he's, on he's the another fence. One. He, he, he doesn't like upsetting people. Um, but yeah, he's he's got some dodgy clothes and stuff. But um, but yeah, listen, I want Chris to do well. Um, I've spoken to him a few times over the summer. It's, you know, we've become really, really good friends. And um, he knows he knows the job that he's got is, is going to be difficult. You know, he's no, but he's, he's had the itch for a while to um, to become, a, to get back into management. And when I always remember my phone rang and it came up, it was that I knew he was going to call me about the job and, and, and what I thought. And, um, you know, I gave all my honest opinions of what, what the club has done for me and, and what the club is like. And, you know, Man- management's not easy and when it's going well it's it's great and when it's not and you're struggling then it's it's a very very tough place to be but I've, I've never really seen fans turn against managers in the over if I'm being right like over the years I, I can't really I'm stir it maybe but I might be wrong with that one but um but from what I can remember really the fans always give the manager all their support and um and and do the best they can to support the players and try and get the team winning and and, and give everything Obviously, you were um, prepping for for the game on Saturday uh, against Scunthorpe. But um, from from their point of view, I mean, dropping out of the football league, um, four wins all season. They scored as many they scored as many goals as games they lost last season, yeah. which is going some. To be honest with you, um, Keith Hill's got a tough task to turn that momentum around, hasn't he? He's got a very very young squad, many of them hanging on from the um, sort of hanging on to some of that baggage that you know, they may have come down with last season. Yeah, I think the game against Bristol Rovers where they lost 7-0, like, I think they had eight teenagers playing and I think Harvey Gibb had to be asked permission to come out of school or something. They said because he, he was only 16 and he was on the bench. Um, I've, I've spoken to a couple, I've spoken to a guy called Chris today who's a journalist up towards that part of the world and um, you know he's given me some really, really good insight into the football club. Unfortunately, a little bit like Yeovil, the owners are, are not really fans' favourites in terms of the direction of the club. I think the decisions that he's made, especially when he sat Gary Alexander when they were in fifth place a few seasons ago, they've never quite recovered from that. Um, I think Butterfield and Elliot Whitehead will be two key players in that midfield area. Carver's coming. I think it's going to be a little bit late for him to be starting. Um, 
you know, Boyce has come in from Eastleigh. Um, listen, there's a squad there that's going to be competitive, a starting 11, sorry, but I don't see that squad being a, a, a playoff team at the moment because it reminds me of South. It, there's so much going wrong with that club to then get relegated and then to all of a sudden the lights going to switch on and everything's going to be hunky-dory again when it's not. Um, I think they're going to have a tough season. I think they're going to, you know, Keith's an experienced manager, but I think it's... It, they need to bring in a few more players. And I think they're being patient. I know Keith said he's been pretty happy with what he's got so far, but there's nowhere near enough in that squad to, to be competitive, to be a playoff team, in my opinion. It all gets underway on Saturday evening for us. You can you have a choice. You can either listen to the honest and truthful thoughts of Adam Virgo on BT Sport, or you can listen to me whittling on on BBC Somerset. I'll leave you up to the choice, the pro or me. I'll let you have a choice. Adam, we've really appreciated having you on the big season preview to, to chat about um, the, the season upcoming. I've got two final questions to go for. First of all, we want to nail you down to a position in the table because I've read your, your non-league paper preview. Didn't mention you over once. Not, not, <laughs> not a peep. So I want. To, I'm guessing that means somewhere in the middle. I want to position out of you, and then I want to promise out of you that you'll come back and talk about that magical year that you had on an episode of the Glovers Past on an episode in the future sometime. Yeah, I mean, I know Dave grilled me about the the the, the preview, but I, I must admit it was a go. I didn't write it. I spoke about it. It was his fault. He didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't mention you because I gave him some good work with his tools, Adam. I, you know, I said Tom Knowles will be player of the season, and he might still be, but in to, League uh, Two, yeah, true to uh, to, to win the overall the league. Um, but I, I think it, I think 13th, 14th. If I'm being perfectly honest, if we're talking today, yeah, um, I think there are four wor worst teams in the league. Um, you know, I think Maidstone are going to struggle. I think Dorking are going to struggle. Um, Maidenhead always seemed to be hanging on. I think there could be a season where they could get found out. Um, but I, I think anything between 13, 14, 12, 11, I think it would be a, a brilliant, brilliant season for Yeovil. I, I just can't, unless... Chris can bring in some players and, and, and add to the squad. Right now, as we talk today, 48 hours before the Scunthorpe game, I, I can't see any better than that. And it's, it's, it's sad to say, really. Yeah. It is, it is. And you'll come back and join us and on a future episode and talk about that year that you were with us. I want to know about that two-all draw against Sheffield Wednesday where you came on and got sent off about four minutes later. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 I see Luke Aylin's face when I walked in the dressing room. He said, "What are you doing in here?" I was like, "Just be no." He, he, could, he didn't believe me for about two minutes. And I walked in, literally the door hadn't even closed, and I was and I was back in. The, he missed the penalty, so that that was a good thing. So I'll, you know, I'll take credit for that. But yeah, that was on my birthday. Fantastic. We'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah, thank you for chatting with us, Adam. Really appreciate. Yeah, no, it. Listen, boys, anytime. I'm, I'm more than happy. Yeah, I'll definitely look to come forward to come on the show and. And talk about Gav Williams and a few of the old players and stuff. It'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be a funny show. Keep it PG. Oh, of course, so always. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thanks very much, Adam. Cheers, no Adam. boys. Have a good season. Take care. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Right, so we put out the the call for questions for our pre-season special and, you know, this was just off the back of 
this is eight minutes after the announcement of the departure of Tom Knowles. People like to ask questions when bad stuff happens, don't they? It really gets them going. So, um, yeah, never mind. Uh, Hugh is Hugh, Mr. Paul Warren. I'm not having brie. It's a waste of cheese, isn't it? A waste of a cheese. So the question of import is which cheese would you send to room 101? Anything with mould in it. Yeah, I'd agree. Anything blue and smelly. Yeah, I anything. would agree. Yeah, some we'll kind of anything that you need to lock in us in an airproof, um, a sealed top. Yeah, never well, going to be good. My wife enjoys Stilton, and every time it's in the fridge, I'm unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> also, anything um, fruit based, like you know, you get like a mango one at Christmas and stuff. No, shush, get gone. Nothing like that. Okay. No, even something with cranberry in it. Especially things with cranberry in it. Okay, right. They can definitely get gone. Have you not? Ben doesn't even like a Christmas sandwich with cranberry in. No, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's not going to want cheese with it, in, is he? Um, Clevo, should the hashtag "Don't fall in love with footballers" be banned? And can you see this money? <laughs> can you see this money being reinvested? Um, well, the whole point of the "Don't fall in love with footballers" hashtag is to prevent people from falling in love with footballers. Yeah. Um, if you'd have just listened, Clevo, to start with, if we'd have all just listened to Ian, we would have all been better off today. I'm over it. Um, and can you see this money being reinvested? Uh, based on, well, based on the fact that we received a nice lump sum from South Somerset District Council, and I don't think we're, well, we don't, on the face of it, we don't seem to have invested that significant, significant portion of that into the, playing stuff i'm not sure i don't think we're going to invest it to the level of replacing tom Knowles sufficiently no, i don't think there's enough money i don't think we've made enough money from selling tom Knowles to be able to replace tom Knowles. and and i don't think that the money we made from selling the ground i mean ian correct me if i'm wrong you've walked around hewis park recently do you see a skit lally or anything like that being built at the moment or any any of the promised match day experience improvements is there anything no visible all right well no. there's, there's a there's still a week to go isn't there so we'll give them there is i to be fair i have only been on one side of the ground okay well no i've been on two sides of the ground because i play football on one side and then park my car on the other but i haven't been around the back and the um actually no i've been around three sides of the ground say, how did you get between yeah. one and two levitate <laughs> well no 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 so i went around one side to play football the other side I parked there, but I'm forgetting about my lunchtime walks with quiz champion Rob Manley, where we go all the way around, except the Thatcher's end. Uh, but no, no change. A I'm new, sure. a new pitards, a pitards advertising board was going up today on the away end, uh, taking down one of the Martin Baker Glovers Trust um, billboards. Uh, I didn't know if the other one was being taken down too, but I think that's a. You know, it's a commercial thing, but it's a bit of a shame to see the name of a supporter, especially a legend of a supporter like mine, being taken down. So hopefully there's another plan for those boards somewhere. Well, let's hope if a member of the board, uh, our directors is listening to this, then they um, they respond to that. So Evening, Stuart. Here's, here's, here's what I'd say, is that this money wouldn't have been budgeted for. This is money that goes on top of your budget. 
in the same way if you get a cup run. If we get Man City surplus, away in the FA Cup... A surplus. Yeah, if we get Man City away in the FA Cup and suddenly get 40% of a sold-out Etihad, that's a bonus amount of money. So if you're not planning... If you're planning a budget, this isn't part of it. However much it is, whether we got 50p and a whacking great sell on or whether we've got a six-figure fee like we got for, for Quigley. And so actually, there's an opportunity here. We were told that communication will improve. We were told that things will get better and, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay, brilliant. After Scunthorpe, you've got seven days to Wrexham, seven days to sell those final season tickets. You know where we are. If you want to come on and tell us, we have received this six-figure fee pluck a number out of thin air. We are going to give it to Chris to go and uh, get whatever he likes to go in and, and go and do. We are going to do this. We are going to do X, Y, Z. In fact, the money's already been used and will today announce the signing of player X, Y, Z. So this is an opportunity now. This is an opportunity for, for people to put their words into actions. Is it not? Is it not? It, it absolutely is, but I think I see zero, there is no evidence that anybody. Uh, I mean, uh, I will give Stuart Robbins the 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 opportunity to to prove me wrong. But in terms of Scott Priestnell, forget it. That that I mean, there's nothing that the man has done that makes you think that there's he's going to do anything about putting his words into action. It just. It, 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 I love him to prove me wrong, but everything that he's done is just completely empty words. They're just meaningless words. They're very nice words. They sound good and they keep people happy for a little while. But like you say, actions rather than words. And the man has got zero actions. Go back to look through that little um, address that he did in the Alex Stock Lounge uh, before the Stockport game. Almost everything that he said doesn't exist about the 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 off the field stuff where's all these uh, local business people that have uh, that have come in where's the improvements in the match day um experience where where are all these things just empty words and you'll never get anything out of that man ever i thought you were going to go on full-on delia smith then where <laughs> where are I? well where yes, is he that's, yeah, that's the other thing i mean if he came on here and he talked to us I, I, I tell him myself, I, I don't believe a word he's saying. I wouldn't believe a word he was saying. Well, he's not going to come on now, is he, Dave? Well, um, <laughs> but it's not us he has to talk to. You know, no, absolutely, there's, you're right. There's a, very yeah. good, there's a very good media officer there that will quite happily stick a camera in front of somebody and go, hey, we've just sold our best player. Can you reassure some fans, please, that this money's going to be spent wisely? It's going to go into Chris's pocket. And, oh, by the way, here's the new signing that it helped to fund. You've got a week to do this to sell those final season tickets. I think it is us to talk to, Ben. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying <laughs> so damn hard. Um, okay. Uh, question from Paddy. Will the departure of Tom Knowles actually work okay as we get some money to spend on the squad, hopefully? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paddy. Stop laughing. <laughs> uh, and we have a replacement in uh, Charlie Wakefield to fill his position. So that, you know... This is a thing, right? Charlie Wakefield has been playing right wing back. Not necessarily believe that that's Charlie Wakefield's position, but, you know, this is a avenue. I'm not saying Charlie Wakefield is Tom Knowles, but Charlie Wakefield is a good player going forward. He, we, we've enjoyed watching Charlie Wakefield last season. So there's an opportunity there for Charlie Wakefield to come in and, and prove that, you know, he's up to it. Um, and I guess, you know, playing devil's advocate, if 
you know, I know I said earlier, like keep hold of him, let him go for free at the end of the season because he might help us get to the football league. But you know, is is the argument that it's good to cash in now? I don't know. I spoke to the manager earlier on at the press conference about Charlie Wakefield. Ooh, right. A gaffer's presser. A gaffer's presser. Yeah. Um, and I asked him about Charlie Wakefield and why he uh, has been playing right wing back when he obviously has shown us far more going forward. And the gaffer in his presser said that he thought that we would see Charlie Wakefield in those more forward positions. He did say that he thought he would be, uh, he could be a forward thinking player from a right wing back position but he did think that he was somebody who's proven that he could still play wide right and and, and centre forward as well so he's, I think he's definitely got to be one of those people that we put in there to do that fill that void I, Yeah agreed absolutely agreed he, he has a real chance now to become the star they were always weren't they they were the two main sort of exciting players that we had but Knowles always felt like he was one rung above on the ladder. Well, actually, Charlie, this is your big season, mate. Go and play 40 games for us. Be an absolute world beater. And you too can play for Warsaw next season. <laughs> Stuff or, that dreams are made of. Or he could join League Two Woking next season. Stop um, it. <laughs> uh, Adam uh, Skinner. Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Skinner, he hasn't used the hashtag, but I think it's quite funny because he texted me to say, I got the hashtag mixed up. He's put CGQ rather than GCQs. <laughs> Cast Glover's questions. Um, we sold Hewish Park for what? I'm seeing zero reinvestment in the squad or club. Is it time for the where's the money gone bedsheets? We do get through some bedsheets at our place, don't we? Say, I think, I think Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Steve Seabee will be hoping that there's no one going near her driveway with a uh, bedsheet and a cow spray paint, won't she? Priestnell out back to front is still on there, I'd imagine. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Uh, I mean, please ask permission if you're going to steal bedsheets, by the way. Please ask the bill payers permission. But there's, there's, I would say, off the back of today's announcement for the benefit of of um the owner the manager needs to get a good win on saturday because if you know the the, the yeah the sentiment is not going to be positive is it going into that first home game against Wrexham if we come in off the back of a defeat to a team of teenagers Teenagers. How how many people have not bought their Wrexham ticket yet? Have not bought their season ticket yet, and now will not. It is a massive week to show your intent. Massive for this football club to show its intent. However, they choose to do it. Huge, huge week. Otherwise, as people as as we're getting the GCQs, they aren't the only one thinking. Might be early doors for the uh, for the bed sheets and the the songs and the chants to start coming out. And that's no way to start a season. That's no way to start a season. The season that until 4.59pm on the Thursday afternoon, I was quite excited about. I really was. Do you see what you've done, Tom? Do you see what you've done? Um, Robin Batchelor, uh, 
Just checking for Wokey. No, no Wokey mentions. Um, do you expect any money from the sale to go back into the playing budget? Though I imagine it will disappear like the Quigley Millions, it could be encouraging we have some add-ons. That said, I don't have much faith in our esteemed owner negotiating a good sell-on clause. I think we've kind of covered, I'm spotting covered your theme our here. views on this. <laughs> spotting a theme here. And yeah. if, if this doesn't lay the challenge down, show your intent. You've got a week to do it. I want to know what the Quigley Millions are. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Scott Quigley. Um, and Debs has asked, any updates on the long-awaited interview with our owner? Uh, no. he not was worth, very... Not worth the breath, Debs. <laughs> not worth the breath. He was very forthcoming and excited in telling a few fans the other week that he's bringing his dogs to Hewish Park soon. <laughs> uh, and how he allowed football shirts in the boardroom. I don't know what that means. Is it like Mr. Burns? Like bring now, dog, now bring and, and how, right, how we allow... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Release the hounds. That's yeah. what it's going to be like, I think, more than, uh, <laughs> more than anything else. Um, more who let the dogs out. Okay. And uh, one from Stoney. Uh, I think we need to get used to players going. It pays the bills as much as it hurts. That's football. That's kind of the mantra of don't fall in love with footballers, really. And it's not really a question, Stoney. Come on. This is questions. That's a statement. GCS is size. <laughs> I think I've grabbed them all. I think that's all the questions. Um, only one thing to leave people with, isn't there? Oh, it's going to be far too cheerful. Um, so we asked people to send, well, I asked people to send me little clips. Uh, thanks to the one person that did off their own back. Um, I went and got everyone else's to send theirs. Um, I asked people to wish the team good luck and tell us a little bit about what they're hoping for, what they're thinking. Uh, a couple of people might have said they're looking forward to seeing Tom Knowles, which means I assume quite a few people will be taking in the EFL highlights on a Saturday night these days. Um, but basically, for the final 10 minutes or so, I leave you with the end of the show show. We did it last year. We'll do it again. Should we reconvene after the Scunthorpe game, lads? Yes, I think we need to. In that case, hit play on the end of the show show montage. And let's go to Scunthorpe. Hi, Glover's cast. Ed Upson here. Just wanted to wish Chris Hargreaves and the boys all the best for the upcoming season. Um, really, really hope the team do well this year and and uh, the club get back where we belong, back in the Football League. All the best, chaps. Hi, it's Debs, aka Gloves Girl. I just wanted to wish Chris and everyone at YTFC the very best for the coming season. Certainly looking forward to it. Looking forward to visiting different grounds and seeing Alex Fisher back in green and white and uh, hoping that he can prove a few people wrong. Bring on the season! Hello, the three wise men of the Glovers cast. Jimmer here. Uh, just to say, my tea the other night was glorious. Bird's eye potato, waffles, baked beans and sausages. Uh, this season, uh, looking forward to hopefully getting to a few more games myself. Um, hopefully some away games with my nephews. Uh, I would be happy with a mid-table finish. Win some games, score lots of goals. Just enjoy the season. My name is Patrick. I'm a season ticket holder that lives in Yeovil. Looking forward to hopefully seeing more goals this season. 
Looking forward to see Grant Smith keeping clean sheets. My name is Owen. I am a season ticket holder. Looking forward to a few more away days this season. Looking forward to see Tom Knowles play as he scores goals and makes things happen. Hi team, Dave Pryor here from Three Valleys Radio. Really looking forward to the season getting underway, in particular with the first game at Scunthorpe being on TV. No doubt we'll have a bit more um, on us this season, particularly with the opening game with BT team having a little look to see how their former colleague Chris Hargreaves gets on in his, his first game in charge. I think the player I'm looking forward to seeing most is Alex Fisher again. If he's anything as good as he was last time, I think he has the potential to be a big, well, big fish in this league. Sorry, Dave. Keep up the good work, team. Speak soon. Hey, everyone. Andy Lindegaard here. Just wanted to wish uh, the Glovers cast and everyone at the Oval Town Football Club all the very best ahead of the new season. Hopefully, it can be a successful one and we can get back into the Football League as soon as possible. Come on, the Glovers. Hi there, I'm Rich Wilcox-Smith. I've been a Yeovil fan for 24 years and this season I'm really looking forward to seeing what Chris Hargreaves, Chris Todd and Marcus Stewart bring to the squad and how the mentality changes. Keep up the good work on the podcast and here's to a top 10 finish this season. Hello everyone, Marcus Duncombe here, occasionally found on BBC Somerset and formerly the doomed voice of uh, Yeovil's lockdown live streams. I'm very excited for next season. It's a fresh start. Last time we had a fresh start with a new manager, we had a pretty fun season. I'd hope for more of the same. It's a chance to get behind the team. Um, And I'm particularly excited about Malachi Linton. I think we've got a pacey young striker on our team. If we can get him scoring, that's something very exciting. And I'm also can't wait to see Tom Knowles in the flesh again. I mean, he's always gives something to entertain. So here's to a good season. Hi, everyone. It's Roy O'Brien here. I just want to wish everyone at Yeovil Town all the best for the new season. Let's get Hewish Park rocking and help get this side as close as we can to Football League again. All the best, guys. Good luck. Hey, chaps. Foxy here. Uh, looking forward to the season starting. Going to be a good game uh, against Gunfall on Saturday. Uh, predictions for the season. I would say we will be finishing just outside the playoffs um, with a good challenge. I'd say probably 8th or ninth. Um, the player I'm looking forward to seeing um, this year out of the new people is Malachi Linton. I think he's got something about him that will score goals for us. Anyway, cheers. Keep up the good work. Hello, it's Harry from the Grassroots Guy podcast. Um, I just want to say a massive good luck to all of the players who have been on my show over the last 18 months. It's been an absolute privilege to have you all on. Um, it's been an amazing experience for me and I've learned a lot from you guys. Uh, I want to wish some luck to the new manager at Yeovil and all the new players and the whole squad and staff for an amazing season. Let's try and push on from last season and make sure it's a good one. So good luck, fellas. Uh, enjoy the season. But most importantly, um, let's go get some results. Take care. Hi, it's Gav Cheetamid Free Valley Radio away day main commentator just like to wish Chris Hargreaves and his staff and all the players all the best for the forthcoming season player I'm most looking forward to seeing is the new loan signing Sam Perry heard good reports from the Warsaw end about him and I think we'll improve on our position last year and hopefully make it into the top 10 with a bit of luck on injuries and form hopefully 
sneak into the playoffs. Hi everybody at Yeovil Town, it's Paul Thorpe here from Free Valleys Radio. Um, just like to wish all the uh, the new management team with Chris Hargreaves all the very best for the season. Um, and uh, you fans as well, I hope there's a lot of uh, a joy to have. Get right behind the side this year. I'm looking forward to it. For the old boys in the team at the moment, Josh Staunton, I hope you have a fantastic um, uh, captaincy this year. Um, you're a fantastic player. You've got a real drive in you and you're a real captain. Matty Worthington, Grant Smith, um, have a great season. You know, really show the youngsters in the side what you're all about. And I wish all the Oval fans a fantastic season. Let's get this club right back to where they need to be, pushing for promotion. And uh, let's hope that 22, 23 seasons having a great one. Have a great time and I'll see you all at the games. Take care. Paul Thorpe signing out. Bye-bye. Hi everyone, Abby Carter here from the YTFC Legends game. Just wanted to wish Chris Hargreaves and the rest of the squad a huge good luck for this season. Hopefully it's going to be a massive season with promotion on the cards. Seen some unbelievable signings coming in. It's great to see Marcus Stewart back at the club. So I'm hoping this really means that we can push on and get back into the Football League where we belong. My name's Sheridan Robbins and I'm delighted that I'll be your YTFC commentator for the second season in a row. Very much excited to be covering Chris Hargreaves' Glovers. I think it's a really exciting time for the club. It's almost a new era and I think Chris has certainly endeared himself to the fans with how passionate he is and the signings he's made and the players that he's kept as well. I think that's what's so exciting. I really hope that we get to see a little bit more of Lawson Diath and very much want to see that star man on the right, Charlie Wakefield. Bang them in for Yeovil Town. And we've got to get scoring goals, but maybe it's just a story brewing that Alex Fisher is the one to take us back to the Football League. Very excited for the new season. Can't wait to see everyone there. Hi, uh, Elliot Watts here, Yeovil fan. Um, I'm excited for the new season. Uh, it feels like it's been a long time off this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the team looks like. Haven't got to any pre-season friendlies. Not the biggest fan of them, to be honest. And I don't like reading too much into them. Seen a lot of people saying we won't compete and stuff like that. But until we see the team in a league game, it's sort of different. And as we know, first six to ten games will give us a marker of where we're at. And then we can start judging. Um, looking forward to seeing Knowles and Wakefield back in action like to see them high up the pitch feeding balls into fisher um if he's our big man up front we need to be getting the balls into the box excited we've kept staunton and just hope we put him in that midfield role but yeah i think recruitment's been fairly good and uh looking forward to new season hey everyone this is josh wagner here former Town goalkeeper coming to you all the way from louisiana just want to wish everyone at YTFC and the Glovers cast all the best ahead of the new season. Hi, I'm Giles Moore, the England South Palsy goalkeeper and massive Yeovil Town fan. Wishing you, Chris, and all the lads the best of luck this season. Can't wait for the season to get started and watch you all play. Um, wishing the goalkeeping unit good luck. Um, we're in very safe hands with Phil. Uh, just wanted to wish you good luck and can't wait to see you all in action. Hi everyone, uh, Kevin Gall here, um, hope you're all doing well. Um, firstly, just wanted to say a massive thank you to every single Yeovil Town fan for making the Legends game such a huge success. 
um, already working on something for maybe the end of the season. So hopefully bring you something special soon. But uh, also just to wish Chris Hargreaves, um, all his staff, all the other backroom staff at the club, uh, all the players and um, all the Oval Town supporters, uh, all the best for the upcoming season. And uh, hopefully see you back where you belong in the Football League. All the best and hopefully get to a game soon and uh, see you all again soon. Take care. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! 